Hey everyone, welcome to the Work Friends Podcast, where we bring meaningful conversations to you. I'm Jen Brubaker, and I'm here with my co-host, work and real friend, Ainsley Stanley. This season on the podcast, we're pausing to remember and reflect. Remember the key people and events in the good and hard seasons of life, and reflect on God's provision, goodness, and grace. We'll hear from old and new friends, even some that are no longer living, about God's unchanging nature through it all. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Glenn Gingrich, a wise friend, and it is a conversation about faithfulness along many of the seasons of life, spiritual rhythms, reflecting on the past in our life. It is a rich conversation. You're going to learn a lot from him. So do your stretches, go for a run, and then eat your breakfast. Do whatever you need to do. Enjoy today's episode. Everybody, just a note from the editor here, aka Ainsley. I just wanted to forewarn you that the audio in this episode is a little bit off. This was the first episode that we used our new microphones and recording device, and it was a little bit of a work in progress trying to get everything and a few technical difficulties. So you'll notice that Jen and myself, our audio is a little bit uh, cutting in and out at times, but luckily our guest has some pretty good audio. And since then, we figured out things, so we've got some pretty good recordings coming your way. But uh, yeah, just be patient with us as we figure out all this technology and we hope you enjoy the conversation anyway. Thanks. Well, Glenn, welcome. We've been chatting here for a little bit, but we're officially recording. And um, yeah, this is so fun. You and I go to the same church. I believe you've been an elder at Wallenstein since the 80s. Yeah, uh, 1988. Yeah, so we weren't born yet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But um, yeah, I just so appreciate as you have shared your heart and what God's teaching you and as you lead there specifically and I know in other areas too just your love for Jesus it's so evident so thank you for joining us and too you're in the category of 65 plus um and I don't know if our generation does a good job of actually sitting down and listening to people who are older and have gone before us so um yeah I think it's really important so thank you thank you for being here with us today Mm -hmm. To start off, so people can kind of get an idea of who you are, we're just going to ask a couple of fun facts. So where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in uh, about 10 minutes north of Elmira in the heart of Mennonite country, Old Order Mennonites. And uh, so, yeah, I've got farming experience background as a kid, lots of fun growing up on a farm. So, and I loved, um, I loved the fact that our one-room school, we had ice rinks, and uh, I loved flooding the ice, and had lots of fun as a kid. I, I was energetic. My mom would tell me to slow down, <laughs> but yeah, so I had a great experience growing up on in a rural setting, and uh, yeah, and my parents feared God and, and taught me the things of God, and uh, so I had a high respect for my parents in that. They, mm-hmm. they sh- demonstrated by their actions, so that's great. Mm. That's awesome. What is your ideal day? Oh, wow. Is it a dream day or an ideal day? That's the question. Well, you can you can take it however you want. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, an ideal day for me is, uh, you know, I, I'm an early riser, so I, I get up fairly early in the morning, and uh, I, I love to uh, go to my office. And uh, the first thing I do in my – I'm kind of a routine rhythm guy. I uh, – I, I go on my computer and I turn Bible Gateway on and I take the verse of the day 
and I read it several times, and then I reflect on it, and it's just kind of, mm. it's like, like my my appetizer. Mm. <laughs> so I do that, and then then uh, what I've been doing for the last several years, uh, off and on, I'm not 100% always doing this, but, but I will uh, then go on to an audio of uh, a book of the Bible that I'm going through, and f- listen to it and follow it in my Bible at the same time, so mm-hmm. I absorb better. And then I summate it in a journal to help me get a bit more of a grasp because mm. I'm getting a little bit, you know, I'm, I forget things very quickly. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's, I, I do that. And I, when I was a, a child, I had an injury that put me in a place where I could hardly walk. Wow. And so um, I came back from that journey and God was good to me and that, that I could, I did sports. I played a lot of hockey. I played high school hockey. Um, so I was a very active person. Um, but anyway, so I do my stretches. I, I'm pretty routine. And uh, um, so I've done that to to look after this temple that God has given me to serve him in. And uh, so I do my stretches, and I go for a walk and a run. Um, I mix that up with walking and running because I find that works well. And then, uh, yeah, I love a good solid breakfast with my wife. Um, this is all before breakfast. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, and then I, uh, yeah, so I, I, I enjoy going to work. I, I enjoy going to, uh, I, I love to bring joy and energy into the workplace. Mm. Um, gratitude, uh, just, you know, there's so much negativity in life, so I, I bring that positivity and 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 um, yes and I, I I will tell the people uh, I love to work and I do it not for myself I do it for Jesus mm. and, and and the people know that I don't preach at them but I just share that so yeah so going to work um, if I want a really special day like a Saturday yeah nice breakfast uh, maybe do a bit of outdoor work my wife and I love gardening mm. get away from people and just have a break and then, yeah, so I, and I, my hobby is uh, building and uh, flying uh, remote airplanes. Oh, so cool. I've done that for 40 plus years. So I have quite a selection of planes that I have been given to me and I repair them and fly them because it doesn't cost much doing that. So yeah, so I, I reasonably accomplished pilot um, and then have a good lunch with Elaine and we love doing small town Ontario That'd be a great part of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gives you a bit of an idea. We love live theater. Um, you know, find some small town with a theater and enjoy live theater. So yeah, lots of lots of variety. So I'm not sure if that answers your question. Yeah, but. it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm always interested to hear. Some people have interpreted this as like, if I wasn't limited by time or money, this is what I do. Or like sure their average day, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's so funny how different people are wired mm-hmm. in different ways, right? Yeah. And the fact that you go on walks and runs and have mm-hmm. all of that Bible reading time before breakfast is something I aspire to do. I'm not there quite yet. I'm fitting <laughs> all of that in, but Well, not all of us are morning persons and there's no yeah. spirituality because of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just I'm I'm a I'm a wired person in I love routine to some extent. I yeah. like I like adventure. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. If you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive, who would they be? 
Well, I love having dinner with my wife, Elaine. She's a great person. I would love to have dinner with my dad who passed away uh, in his early 70s. Um, I loved my dad. So I would, I would do dinner with him. And this is maybe a weird answer, but I'd love to have dinner with Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I really would love to sit down and maybe even, you know, lounge like they did back in those days and just have whatever, whatever's on the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where's the best place you've been to? This is a no-brainer. My wife and I, when we turned 50, traveled to Europe for the first time and we did the Alpine tour and went through Germany, Switzerland, Austria. But if you ever get a chance, go to Sermat, Switzerland. It's a small village way up high in the mountains. You can only access it with electric mini buses. There is no combustion engines in there. It is quiet. It is serene. It is absolutely amazing. And the famous um, Matterhorn Mountain Mm -hmm. can be seen from there where many people try to climb and many people die because of loose rocks. So, yes, so that... That's a no-brainer. My wife and I both said, if you can go back to Switzerland, we'd do it at a heartbeat. Mm, that is on my bucket list. So <laughs> if or when that happens, I will talk to you and Elaine about all the places to, to go. <laughs> um, okay, final question. If you had a parallel life, so this life, life that you have, all the things that you love about it, it's complete. If you could, So if you had a parallel life and you could choose whatever you wanted to do, what would it look like? Well, in a lot of ways, I can say God has been graciously leading me. And so, but just the fact, full out having God in whatever I do and, uh, and just being really engaged with his presence. Mm. He's a good, good father. Mm. So, yeah, my, one of the verses that comes to my mind is in Colossians 3, I've, Forget the exact verse, but the fact, whatever you do, do it as unto God. Do it as unto, you know, that's our privilege as followers of him, right? Mm. So, yeah, so maybe that answers partially the question, but that's mm. where that's kind of where I'm at. Um, don't wait to serve God. Do it now, mm-hmm. right? Oh, good stuff. We could just wrap up the conversation <laughs> there. No, <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> Oh, well, thanks so much for that. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and what life looks like for you. Yeah, well, my life is, um, yeah, I my my career has been being a truck technician, and I've done that for many years. But um, through uh, working with Almire Truck Service for almost 47 years now, uh, they've put me into the managing position for the last six years, so I manage a large truck shop, and uh, that I, I'm very good at shutting work off when I get home. Mm. Um, yeah, I've, I, I'm an elder at WBC, which uh, God called me to uh, at a fairly early age. And so, yeah, that, that takes some time for sure of my life. Um, my wife and I do some marriage mentoring. Uh, I do pre-marriage coaching Um, so that's, you know, when people want to be married, I try to coach them in the right direction. I also am leading uh, Stephen's ministry. I'm part of that. So, uh, you know, my life is involved with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so the thing that is changing in my life, I am looking at retirement by the end of June. So I'm starting to feel like I did when I left high school. What's next? Oh, yes. Right? Mm. What's next? It's kind of scary um, to think that I've been working all these years and I'm a routine person. I, I love to get up and know I'm going to work at 8 o'clock. Or, and uh, so, but I also feel that it's a really exciting time that, mm. you know, God is with me and he will show me and I'll hopefully say yes to the right things mm. because I'm not going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that's where I'm kind of at. I don't know if that answers your question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like really fun just to, I mean, Jen has gotten to know you a little bit mm-hmm. at church. I've never met you until today, but it's just cool to see like your faithfulness and just, yeah. And it's almost like kind of reassuring to hear you say, now I'm trying to figure out what's next. Cause I feel like I keep running into that. <laughs> <laughs> so to know that, you know, even you can go through that is, uh, is kind of nice this morning. Um, I'm excited to hear, I mean, all these questions. I'm just, the more you talk, the more I'm like, wow, I really want to hear more about you. Mm. Um, so I'd love to know, what would you say are three pivotal moments in your faith journey? Well, I just want to, as a, as a precursor to this, say that my parents were very faithful, I think, in praying for me. And I know they wanted their, I was their first son. They wanted me to, to really obey God, follow God, mm-hmm. and that God would use me. So I believe in prayer. And so to me, it's like, what a privilege to be placed into a, a, a parents that care about you, right? So, but pivotal, um, yeah, I was always curious I remember asking my mom, how do I know that I'll get to heaven my, you know, as a, as a young child? And she would say, well, you need to, you need to go to Jesus. So anyways, um, I went to daily vocational Bible school at Florial Mennonite Church and had an excellent, actually a teacher by a career, who taught the, the Bible visually because I'm a very visual person. And I just, I came... I came to a place where she visually said, life is like a, a highway with a, with, a, with a Y in it. And there's a point in your life where you need to make a decision. And you get to know what God wants you to do and, and that the one road leads to life everlasting. So with that, a very good teacher, for two weeks I attended that. And one of the verses that was shared in that was Romans 10, 9, and 10 that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died for you and that he also rose from the dead, you will be saved. And it's, it's with your heart that you believe and are justified and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And I took that literally. As a 12-year-old, I took that literally. And I was sleeping with my brother at the time. In the middle of the night, God would not let go of me. And I had wrestled with it for several days. So I did something very unorthodox. I got out of my bed, got on my knees, which, you know, we prayed before we went to bed. Mom would pray with us. But I got on my knees, and I prayed out loud, and my brother thought I was losing it. <laughs> and I confessed my sin, and I said, Lord, I need you, and that was a change. Um, my life was changed from that day on to some extent. Uh, I still went through my teen years, 
but I always had a, a care for God. So that was a pivotal thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, that was back in 1965. <laughs> That's crazy. Again, we weren't born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then this, the next step was in my life through my teenage years, and um, I was dating Elaine. I dated her very young, and uh, we were serious about our faith. And the church we attended at that time, I wanted to be baptized, but there was a lot of things that just didn't quite make sense. So we had our own home Bible studies that we did with a a, a more senior person, and we got shut down. So we ended up starting to attend WBC. Mm. We both were baptized, and uh, that was a a big step of obedience to Jesus. And, uh, yeah. So the other pivotal things, uh, just... This is just a little side note. Uh, as we got connected with Wallenstein, it was a difficult journey uh, in some ways because we knew a lot of people, but when you leave a group of teenagers in one church and move to another church, that's a big, mm-hmm. big step. Mm-hmm. But we had a lot of good friends, and so, yeah, and then I was asked to be youth leader, and I was youth leader for 14 years. Not that I wanted to be there that long, but I had a hard time getting other people to take the responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I, I worked with youth for years and had a blast. A um, lot of exciting stuff. There was no plan to protect back in those days. <laughs> so we did whatever we did that brought the adrenaline level really up, yeah. another notch. But we had really serious times. And, yeah, so that was pivotal in the sense that a lot of those youth that I worked with, I've seen grow up and be committed to God and serve. So that's really exciting. Um, the other thing is... Uh, when I was asked to be an elder, I was still a youth leader, and I just couldn't handle both. Mm. But the, the leadership wanted that. So I said, give me another year or so so I can hand the baton well to the, because I was really wanted somebody there that really cared for the youth. Mm-hmm. So then I became an elder. And, uh, yeah, so the rest is history. I'm now at a stage where I've been saying I should step down. There's other youth need to get involved. I'm a very strong believer in having younger people involved in leadership, um, so we can learn from each other, grow f- together. So yeah, those were pivotal times in my life. There's others, by, mm-hmm. but those were the ones that came into my mind. Mm. But all I'm saying this is to God's glory. Mm-hmm. I think that's so evident. This is fun too because I've I've know you from afar in some ways. So to hear number one, your like involvement at Wallenstein that are a, tr- a part of our church family is really is really cool. Um, but also to those moments, I just keep thinking about like when scripture talks about, or when God tells the Israelites to like build a memorial mm-hmm. to remember what I did here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think those are moments in our life too, that he calls us to look back on at his goodness and faithfulness and answering the prayers of like your parents for you to love God, um, your heart for the youth that Wallenstein and the way that that has shifted and changed and morphed over the mm-hmm. decades. Right. That's, yeah, it's just really, really cool and humbling, too, God's grace mm-hmm. and all of it. Absolutely. Yeah. As you think and reflect on your life, because that's kind of the theme of this season is remembering and reflecting, what were some hard lessons that you were forced to learn? Well, I like, I don't like conflict. <laughs> so when you, when you, one of the, th- the hard lessons is when people treat you poorly when you've tried to do your best, mm-hmm. right? People, uh, so, yeah, so God had to instill in my, my life the fact that life isn't easy, uh, but God is still good. 
And so as I journeyed, whether it was in the workplace, working with people that were difficult to work with or customers that were difficult to work with, mm -hmm. uh, I purposed to take what I call the high road and be patient, still be faithful to do my job well, and not try to point fingers. Mm. So, so yes, yeah, so when, when life is difficult is to not forget that God is still good and he's with you, he's in this with you. And it's also a time where I can grow, right? The other thing I would say is pride is a very subtle thing. So when God is good and things are going well, uh, the pride is right at your doorstep. And so it can be in small things. And so I'm so glad for Elaine, who is my mentor, and she has been good in just asking the hard questions sometimes. Mm -hmm. So that she wants it for my good, for the glory of God. Because when we got married and our reception, we sang the story to, a song, To God Be the Glory, Great Things He Has Done. And that was, that was the start of our life together. Um, yeah, we both... So anyways, I'm getting off to topic, but one of the things that we did is I worked at Conestoga Bible Camp for a year, even though I was older, never done camp myself. I seen, I seen a youth get saved was a fantastic thing. Still remember his name. Um, and uh, anyways, but the, the exciting part was that we could serve God together. Elena, we have done, we did, we did outreach, we did camp follow-up, we'd go into people's homes to see the kids exciting stuff so mm. but all in that I'm saying is pride is such a subtle thing so mm. God teach me to say it's not about me it's not about me it's about you right it's about you um, the other thing is my identity and I'm probably going to deal with this big time in the next six months mm -hmm. my identity I get some of it from my work right and so I'm trying to be mentally and spiritually conscious that I will struggle, not that I don't have a strong identity in Jesus Christ, and that is he's, he's the one that has made me complete in him, and he's the one that has given me joy and peace and hope. And in the midst of troubles and heartaches, he never changes. So my identity... Um, I just really want to be aware that that could be a challenge for me over the next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I'm gonna. It's like I could. There's some things like I put in like mental sticky notes to put up, mm -hmm. and that like pride is right at your doorstep. I feel like that comes from some deep wisdom. So I'll be chewing on that for a little bit. Um, <laughs> We want to talk a little bit with you about spiritual disciplines. And it's interesting because you kind of mentioned this a little bit. You're like, what's your ideal day? And you're like, I start off with reading my Bible and spending some time with God. Um, so that could be part of it. But yeah, can you just talk to us about, you know, some of those practices and habits that have grown your faith and trust and love for Jesus and um, maybe even just like why you feel they're so important? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think... Uh, my, my life's uh, verse is 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of 
self-discipline, self-discipline or sound mind. I like the self-discipline. I like both of them. But the fact that the, the power there comes from the Holy Spirit being resident in my life. When, when I came to faith in Jesus, that gift, when Jesus talked to his disciples, he said, ah, you know, it's good for me to go because I will send a comforter. He's going to be in you. He'll be with you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will empower you. And so, yeah, so that, that's uh, just such an encouraging thing for me. So, so self-discipline, we can be so easily undisciplined in life. Um, some people have said, Glenn, how have you done some of the things you've done? Where do you get the time? I find if you discipline yourself, you actually have more free time because you, you, you somehow you just manage your time well. And uh, I'm not saying I've done that well all the time, but in general, I have, yeah, I have. Um, so where, where do I get um, some of the disciplines? Yeah, when I shared earlier, I, I, I just like to start the, the day with, with Christ. And it even starts before I get out of bed. So if somebody is listening to this and they find it hard to get out of bed and you're not totally out of it, talk to God, listen to God. Five or ten minutes before you get out of bed, it's just remind yourself that God is good. He cares for you. You don't know what this day holds. It could be tragedy. It could be great things that you feel over the moon about. But at the same time, God is the same, and so my mantra is, um, give me an attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude, I keep saying that over, because we are in such a rich country, we are so blessed with so many things, right? So, so yeah, so I do my morning thing in the office. Uh, before I had built my office, my kids saw me at my desk in the family room, and I would be on my knees praying some, and my kids have said that to me, that that has touched them. Mm. So, yeah, so it, it, it's, uh, but again, I go sometimes through those activities, and I'm saying, God, I'm just not connecting with you. I feel empty or I feel, you know, Lord, I am so slow of learning. And at the same time, I know if I keep going back, I will meet Jesus there. I will meet the Father in his quietness. And, uh, and then I, I will know that the Holy Spirit will prompt and say, Glenn, keep going. The journey might be tough today, but I'm still there. Right? So, yeah, and, and the other thing is, over the years, um, because I go into this day, um, I can't, it, it's in Peter, where we are to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks of us of the hope that we have within us. Mm -hmm. So I really try to say, I need to be ready when opportunity knocks. So I, I try to go into the day and saying, you know, you never know who you might bump into. And uh, so, yeah, so I've shared my faith in, in crazy places. Um, I've shared my faith in a place where the Queen of England ate dinners and uh, I had the privilege of, on the last day of our tour, and a very fancy dinner, uh, I just was compelled to say, I think we should give thanks for this meal and thank the tour guides and the bus driver. And I, I did that, and God was so good. Um, he gave me the courage to do it, and I had, I'm 
incredible reception from that. I had opportunity to share with some people afterwards. So anyways, I'm just saying disciplines are walking in the presence of God. Do I do it 100%? No, but that's my desire. God, you're with me. Help me to be sensitive. Help me to do my job. Well, I have to be focused. I have to be troubleshooting, problem shooting, working with difficult things, but you're here. So practicing the presence of Jesus is a continual battle. Yeah, so anyways, so, and I, I enjoy other, uh, other people. I enjoy worship. My highlight is to go to the house of God and hear people shouting his name and singing glory to him, hearing uh, the word of God being taught so that I'm refreshed. Those are things that are part of um, just part of my life. And, um, and just to be available to serve him. And no task is too small. No, nothing, even to emptying garbage pails at the workplace or sweeping the floor. I still do that as a manager, just to let people know that I'm not above anybody else. So that's my, my attitude. Um, and yeah, so... Yeah, I've, I, I love the privileges I've had uh, because I've been disciplined. We did a large men's outreach, and out of that, I did uh, an outreach study, breakfast study for probably about 22 years with men that weren't from the church mm-hmm. and had incredible times of study and teaching, and these guys would hardly let me go when I had such a busy life. So uh, that was a part of my life. Um, and I'm saying, God, you have been so faithful. So, I'm reading this book, How to Pray, A Simple Guide for Normal People. And he's just talking about that. Like, again, like how to pray, different disciplines, why it's important, intercession, um, unanswered prayer, all these things. But I think the big thing that's been standing out to me is how God grows us in the hidden places. And so to hear you approaching 70 to, you know, like tried, true, and tested that what you do in the morning time or you, um, yeah, really taking the time to spend time with Jesus and just enjoy him and how that is filtered into the rest of your life, that you are a living prayer. And yeah, I think again, every single time we have, we chat with somebody, I just kind of have moments of just like, wow, God, you're good. Mm -hmm. Because there's, there's no other, nothing else to say other than his goodness and grace that he wants to use us and invites us to do that. So thank you for sharing that. I find that really helpful to hear what other people do, and especially for you over the years, what's that, the opportunities that have come just by you saying yes and making yourself available. I hope this is encouraging for you too as you kind of think and reflect. So thank you. I so appreciate that. Um, I would love to hear right now, it's not a surprise that we are living in some difficult times on so many levels. (laughs) Um, And yet there have been other really difficult, long seasons, like the one that we're in. This isn't just an isolated event. How would you encourage people who are really struggling? I mean, struggling on a lot of levels, but maybe people specifically who are just tired of what's happening or they're wrestling with loneliness or just really discouraged. Um, What would you say to them? Yeah, that that's a loaded question, and I struggle. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> I, I struggle with it in the fact that I want to be real about it. Um, I guess partly where my thinking went because I have been trained in Stephen's ministry, which is extensive training and 
how to work with losses. And COVID has caused us to have a lot of losses, loss, social losses. Um, yeah, just the feeling of um, life is just closed in on me. Uh, so my, my response would be when you're going through a difficult times and lonely times, quite often what we end up doing is thinking we're the only person so we don't reach out. So, yeah, find truly a caring person to share your feelings with, to listen to you, uh, to be honest with, and to, to have that sense of support that somebody else hears my, other than sharing it with Jesus, sharing it with the Lord, and, and that God is big, but sometimes you feel very empty and alone. So, yeah, to have another friend that you trust and you can be real with, I think is a big deal. Um, so yeah, uh, it sounds theoretical, but just remember God is sovereign over all. He is sovereign over what's going on in Canada right now. He is sovereign over what's going on in the UK. He is sovereign over the things that are going on in, uh, the Eastern part of the globe, uh, so we need to remember that God spoke the world in place. So therefore, he also knows what's going on today. And the big thing we have to remember, he's all about getting his kids back. He's all about, come to me. And Jesus said this, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he means that. So, but is it difficult? Is it? hard to maybe sense that yes but the idea of just um having others you know so many do life alone and uh, and and if you're a person that cares for others you know when you think somebody's struggling a gift is to reach out to them and say hey can i have a coffee with you mm-hmm. right and sometimes that'll open doors right and you can be a real a real hand and feet of hands and feet of Jesus to them and, and just bring them some hope. Um, yeah, I've come through uh, difficult things in my life. Just so you don't get the idea, everything has gone well. I've experienced our youngest daughter had the fastest known cancer in the world. And uh, she works in the medical world. And... Uh, um, yeah, so she uh, gloriously uh, got through it, but um, and that's quite a story. I won't go into the detail, but that was a hard time. Our youngest daughter, who we love, he's a godly woman, and and her husband and her are doing a church plant downtown Hamilton, um, and she gets cancer, very rapid cancer. Just to give you an idea how serious it was when they found out that she had it, she was injected with chemo at her house the same day, and she still had side effects from it. But it, it's also very curable. But if you don't catch it at the start, it's very, very dangerous. So anyway, so I've gone through hard times. I've come through hard times in church life uh, as an elder. Um, I am an optimist. I love when people put their shoulders together and go out all out for Jesus. And then you have people that are complaining or 
moaning or groaning about things that I say, come on, let's move on. <laughs> so I, I know those challenges of being discouraged. Um, but thanks that uh, Elaine, my good partner in life, has been uh, there for me and encouraging me to keep going. Um, yeah, and, and another time, our only son uh, had a mental breakdown, had burnout twice at least, depression, very difficult times for us, um, very painful for me personally to um, work with that. So I know some of the, the hard times. Um, so, but God has still been good, and uh, we live in a broken world, but Jesus brings us hope. I think it's a really powerful thing when you can say that God is our hope, but you only really learn that God is your hope when you actually have to experience a need for hope. Um, so thank you for your, your faithfulness and your, your vulnerability. I mean, the listeners can't see your face, but just even to see the genuine emotion and knowing what that was like for you and still to say, like, Jesus carried me through all of that and he will for you too. Uh, that's a gift. Mm-hmm. Um how would you say in this season that God is forming you? Well, um, being, you know, your strengths can also be your weaknesses, right? So I'm, a, I'm, I'm an energized bunny. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you can see I'm flopping, right? <laughs> so, and then it goes ding, ding. But anyways, uh, yeah, COVID has helped me to realize that to slow down and just take time to drink the cup of coffee slower, and to um, realize that all the activity isn't always good, right? So, yeah, I had more time to reflect. I do some reading. Reading isn't the natural thing I have. English was my toughest subject in school, and I never dreamt that I would read what I do read and and so on. But uh, So I do read books that support courage, um, and sometimes I read books that are a little more dramatic, uh, give me a different view in life. But, um, yeah, just to take time to appreciate each other and even the simple things in life. Like my grandkids teach me that. And um, um, my one granddaughter in Hamilton is such um, an animal and bird lover, and she has... She knows more about the animal kingdom than I ever will. Uh, but she just has such a heart for the appreciation of God's design and creation and the, the diversity of it all. So through COVID, I would say the small things I started appreciating more again. And so how has he formed me? Just a fresh reminder that my life can be so cluttered with nice things, but not necessarily the best. And so, yeah, so that that's something that I think God has been forming me, uh, forming me with patience, with people being upset about things that I feel we shouldn't be because there's people in the world that have it much harder than we do, right? Much diff- more, more difficult. And yeah, so... God's still working on me. I'm still a piece of work, let me tell you. 
I think that's when when I turned 24 last summer. It was like the first, I know, young. But it was the first time where I could be like, oh, in six years, I'm going to be 30. Who am I becoming? And Ainsley's probably laughing because the amount, the number of times I've said that, she's like, okay, come on, Jen. Um, But I also realized too, I don't actually have to figure it all out now. And to hear you say that also of like, I'm going to figure out what my life looks like in in the spring because I'm retiring. I'm like, oh, these moments don't. And just because nope. you <laughs> kind of settle into your career path or whatever it is. Um, this is our last question, and I'm very interested to, to hear your answer. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? Well, that's, that's a big thing, but I'm going to keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, be faithful in little things, and God will help you do the bigger, scarier things. Mm-hmm. So that's, um, and the other thing and I'm adding on to that is do or move on the things that the Holy Spirit prompts you, even, even if it's scary, God will show up. I have, I have experienced that over and over again. So be faithful in little things and God will look after the big things. So yeah, and, and I, I can honestly testify, I could tell you numerous things in my life. Um, yeah, I've been asked to do everything I'm doing in life except the first job that I got. So I've not gone out searching for these things. God has come along and asked people for me to do certain things, whether it was being a youth leader, whether it was being an elder, whether it was doing weddings, whether it, yeah, so whether it's managing Elmira Truck Service, I have never pushed my agenda. Um, so I say be faithful in the little things and God will look after the big things. The final mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> God, thank you so much. Again, this is a real treat for me to have you here at the Youth Center as an elder at Wallenstein and, and leadership there to, yeah, to kind of show you a little bit about what we do here. But Thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us and just share your wisdom. I, I think the big things that are standing out to me is just a, you just sit in this position of humility and in, in all the things that you do as you, above all, seek to know Jesus more and make him known to people around you. So thank you. It's so encouraging to me. And I think for us too, for, again, we're a little younger on the uh, age scale, whatever. Um, there's a lot that we can learn from that. So thank you. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We have more amazing conversations like this coming up every single Monday, and you don't want to miss them. So subscribe, follow, check in every single Monday so that you don't miss an episode, especially in this full and rich and fun season. So until next time. Bye. (laughs) Have a great week. (laughs) 